Welcome to The Flow. Uh, This is a podcast where we have apostolic conversations uh, with people from all different walks of life trying to learn how to better flow in the Spirit. And my guest today is no exception to that. Uh, this is someone who's there. They're not a novice. Uh, he has ministered the, the, this gospel message for over 40 years now as a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, a missionary, a mentor, uh, and a friend. And I'm sure there's many more <laughs> there that he's ministered under. Uh, but he has traveled to some 37 different countries at least. And uh, this is this is a man of God, a a gentleman, and also a, a master kombucha maker, <laughs> and he's taught me everything I know about kombucha, so uh, without further ado, uh, sit back, relax, and grab a cup of coffee, enjoy the flow, and welcome to my my guest and longtime friend, uh, Brother Bruce Bartell. sir praise jesus hallelujah great to great to see you even even virtually here today i've been i've been anticipating this this conversation and and visit for for a while now and uh, i i think most people who know you think you're probably one of the the most interesting people (laughs) (laughs) i know i've talked to others who think the same and um so as i mentioned sort of in that bio you've You've been quite a few places, and uh, you also, you know, lived in some other countries. So, one of my first questions for you is, because uh, I know you've lived in Canada and different countries. Where, so where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm from my mother and father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. No. Uh, <laughs> We have so let me clarify to, which country. <laughs> we've forgotten how to laugh. You know, a, yes. a merry heart doth good like a medicine. And I like a good laugh. I I tell dad jokes and <laughs> really corny ones. And it just brings a chuckle. And I think even though I, I can be very serious, um, but we're, uh, one of my favorite scripture verses is John 10, 10. I came that you might have life. And that you have, might have it more abundantly. Of all people, it ought to be in good apostolic man or woman who ought to be able to enjoy themselves. Kick back their head and laugh out loud and enjoy everything that God has for them. Amen. Amen. That's my little take. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We don't, definitely don't have to take ourselves so so seriously. So... Uh, I guess I should should then uh, clarify or uh, yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Broaden the no. I, <laughs> I appreciate that though. So the 
So to kind of uh, get more specific with the question, <laughs> yeah, uh, which, you, I should say which uh, which country did you did you originate from? I, Where do you hail? I am, I am a Canadian okay. and uh, born in British Columbia, the west coast of Canada. Uh, I'm number seven. I've got four brothers and four sisters. Wow. 20 nephews and nieces and 37 great nephews. <laughs> oh, big, big family. Large and family. So um, you've, you've lived in some other countries as well as, right, as a, as a missionary and just traveling. What are, what are some of the, some of the countries you've, you've lived in? Uh, I've lived in Hong Kong, uh, lived in Germany. Uh, of course, in Hong Kong, traveled Asia, lived in Germany, traveled throughout uh, Europe. And at the moment, I'm living in the United States. Awesome. Well, I just thought it was, it's, it was cool to sort of give that that rundown. I know you, uh, as as your the quick bio said, you've traveled quite a bit. And uh, I've always sort of scratched my head wondering, <laughs> where is he from originally? And I, th <laughs> I thought it was Canada. So it's good to... Good to clarify. So uh, for those listening, um, you won't be able to see this, but I have a book here with me that that you that you wrote, and this is gonna it's going to sort of be the the outline of our our conversation today. And I'll I'll read the title, um, which might also double as the title for this episode if if you'll allow me to to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, and so the the title of your book is. It's a question, and it's, will I survive? And then subtitled, The Purpose and Process in Life. And so I wanted to give that, that brief introduction about you um, to show that you are, are someone who's had some experience in life and learned these lessons of, of the purpose and the process uh, and what that looks like. And so uh, one of the questions that I had for you kind of regarding this book is, um, you know, with all of your years of ministry and travel, no doubt, uh, there was probably a point where, and maybe it was, you can answer this, um, how it happened for you, but maybe there was a, a specific point, or maybe it was just a culmination of your whole life, um, but where this book sort of originated for you uh, with this initial question of, of will I survive? Uh, so was it was it like a, a momentary time where you had that question and the Lord started dealing with you about this book, or did it just sort of develop as you experienced life? I think the it developed um, in in the preface of the book. I make comment to Chester Wright. I think mm. I was in a session with him one time, and he made some comments which which planted some seeds uh, as far as um, uh, the bigger picture taking place. And we're so, as human beings, we're so narrow-minded, we're so narrowly focused on the here and now. Um, and so it just, it planted some seeds, and then over a process of time, it began to grow. And um, specifically, with I, I just felt in my heart, that God put in my heart to to expound and write a book. I thought it might be an article, and I said, there's more here. 
because um, I've written dozens and dozens and dozens of articles. Uh, but there was something here. Um, and so over a process of years, um, I would write something down and just stick it in the file. Uh, Lord would give me some insight on something. I wasn't sure if it would fit or not. And I just stuck it in a file. And um, I would always be checking as the file grew a little bit. And it was always been on my heart. And then I was evangelizing in the United States. And I was on my way back to Canada. I was in California, actually. And I was driving back north. Uh, Oregon, Washington, and then up into British Columbia. And as I was driving and praying, I felt, Lord, give me liberty. Okay, now you can go ahead and write. Hmm. And so um, so when I head back to Canada, um, I sat down by a computer and started. Wow. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of funny you, and I'm sure you know this about your own book, but uh, you mentioned sort of where it, one of the places it started with, with a seed or seeds being planted yeah. <laughs> for you, um, because I love the I love the way you your the book was laid out and um, you know just kind of reading here in in your in the content section um, you have. Chapter one, which is, you know, so what now? Or you sort of lay things out of, you have this question of, will I survive? And and then chapter two is a summary of the purpose and the process. And and then you go into a section uh, called bread making, and which starts with uh, sowing and, and that process. And so can you talk about, can you talk about that? How, how um, we'll just, I guess, kind of jump right in here to, um, and I know you have a whole book about it, so w- this will be a much shorter podcast probably than the book is long. <laughs> uh, but just sort of it, if you can summarize what uh, what what that means in the bread making process, I suppose, and how that fits into uh, our purpose of life or the purpose of life. Um, well, I, I think the. The back of the book kind of helps, gives a rough synopsis. Uh, do you want to read that? Yeah, you you want me to? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so the so reading the back here um, again starts with the question: Will I survive? And it says, if you've lived any time at all, the question is there, consciously or subconsciously. Why is so much bad happening to me? Where is God in all the chaos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it goes on. And the purpose of this book is to help you survive life's storms. I, I can relate with that. Yeah. Uh, with, with clarity comes peace and comfort, together with the courage and strength to continue becoming who you were meant to be. This is a practical book that will meet you where you live in everyday life and in everyday situations. Uh, and then it says, as I worked through my own personal crises, the Lord continued to give me insight into how he uses hardships to make me into what he would have me to be. Journey with me from what the wheat field or from the wheat field to the oven as I share my insight by drawing a parallel between the bread making process and the development of the body of Christ. And there's a little bit more there. Um, but kind of as you, as you said there, uh, that, that parallel, 
between the the bread making process and and the development of of the body of Christ. Um, I'm sure it'll it'll make a lot of people curious and want to read the book, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> I, we can include uh, where people can find it if it's still available. Um, no, no, you've read the book, mm-hmm. and uh, what? Mostly. And I, I, I mentioned it. You haven't quite finished it. It's right. not a book. I'll tell you, it's not a book that you can just sit and read. It's not a novel. Right. It's uh. And what did I tell you about the book when I when I spoke to you about it? Right. Yeah, I think you said uh, like you'll find yourself <laughs> somewhere in this book or yeah. reveal things yeah i i I guarantee i guarantee people i'll give you your money back (laughs) i guarantee you you will find yourself in this book why because god is no respecter of persons god treats everybody the same as far as principle yours is going to look like joel hart mine is going to look like bruce bartell but it's the same principle. And so it's a book that you, 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 you read a couple of pages or maybe a chapter, and then you need to put it down, think about it, and mm-hmm. apply it and ask the questions that need to be asked and, and the soul searching. Because I guarantee you, there's a couple of people you know, who purchased the book and wrote, uh, read it, and their response back to me is they didn't even hardly get through chapter one before they had to put it down and go pray. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that. I can attest to that too, for sure. And I think that maybe that's why I haven't made it all the way through is, um, and I, I know you wouldn't compare it to the, the Bible either, but there's, there's a ton of scripture used in here. So I don't think it's any coincidence that like the Bible, it, it kind of confronts you in that way with, uh, as looking into a mirror and it's like, man, uh, I I think it's, it's probably the first chapter, or at least the first chapter in the section uh, of bread making, and I, this is the one that so far has impacted me the most. Is okay. when when you start talking about the different types of ground, uh, uh-huh. and how you sort of, in a way, like personify uh, those types of grounds as you know people's heart and the state that people are in. Um, and yeah, for me, that was, and you know, it's really cool. And I, I may have told you this already, but what's really cool is um, when I, when you gave me this book and I was reading that, that portion, I got a couple other books um, around the same time. And one of them was from uh, Eli Hernandez. It wasn't from him, but <laughs> it was his book. And uh, he, he had a chapter that was, it was almost like parallel uh, to that chapter in your book regarding the types of ground and so the lord was definitely doing a number (laughs) on me (laughs) regarding the the things the things in my heart we could we could obviously just start reading this (laughs) aloud here uh tonight and i might have to actually do that sometime um but i'd love to hear from you know your your words and and your take uh the what it looks like for you and and maybe some of the some of the lessons in life that you've experienced where sort of where this started um, whether it was the the sowing uh, process or uh, the reaping or the chaff (laughs) 
Uh, well, I think I think when we when we come to God and we get this apostolic experience uh, of the water and the spirit birth and and we think it euphoric and there is a a great um, life change that takes place, uh, but we forget that we're still human beings and and life happens to us all. We think, oh, now that I'm born again, now that I'm an apostolic and Pentecostal, I mean, I mean, I got power, I got authority over the devil. That, that nothing can happen to me. Well, you're in for a rude awakening. Because life, life still happens. So it's, it's what it's 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 what you do with what happens to you that determines your destiny. Life, life begins at the end of our comfort zone. And, and so we don't understand, but, but we ought to grow, be growing. Anything that grows, with growth comes change. And with change comes movement. And with movement comes friction. And with friction comes pain, problems, and pressure. So what do you do when there's pain, problems, and pressure, and there's friction, and there's pain? And, well, we have to deal with it. And it's not the devil. Hello. I am. I, listen, I, I don't want to spend any time talking about him. Why do I want to talk about him? That's a little bit of my pet peeve. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about God's good, grace and goodness and his, and his mercy. Yeah, we have the enemy of our soul, but that that's like an annoying mosquito. It's it's something that we have to deal with, but it's got no jurisdiction or power or authority unless I give it power, authority, or ju jurisdiction. You know what I'm saying? So so if we don't change, we're, we don't grow. And so with growth comes change, and change can be uncomfortable. And so going going back to will I will I survive? So so will I survive the, the process in which what God is doing in our lives? Paul talked about it this way. Uh, because God wants us to change. Hello. <laughs> I mean, God saved you as you are and who you are. Hello. Thank, thank you, Jesus. But he doesn't want us to still be the old man. He wants us to be a new man. One of the first scripture verses I, I memorized, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The new birth. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we think with that new birth of water and spirit, it's abracadabra, it's shazam, and, and, and everything. No, no, we, we're still human. When you, when you got born again and, and you got brown eyes, after you come up out of the water, you still have brown eyes. But all things are become new. That, that's a progressional aspect. It's a process. Paul says, I travail until Christ be formed in you. And so the, the process in life is, is becoming more Christ-like. I, I probably did this with you, asked you this question, Joel. 
what's that scripture verse in the Bible? How does it go about when John the Baptist is talking about decreasing? How does, how does it go? Where he says, I must decrease that he may increase. <laughs> Hallelujah. You did it. It's a trick question. I love doing that, especially the preachers. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> because 99% of people will misquote it the way you just did. We will always quote it. I must decrease and he must increase. But that's not what the Bible says. In John 3.30, it says he must increase and I must decrease. Oh, Brother Bartell, that's a little bit semantics, isn't it? No, it's our perspective. Because 99%, most people, and no disrespect, you, you, it is who we are because we're human. Most people focus on me, myself, and I. I must decrease. I can't do this. I can't do that. I've got to change. I, 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 I've got to do, and I've got to do more. I've got to do less of this and more. And, it's, and, and the Lord's saying, no, it's, it's not about you. It's about me. Uh, he must increase. And as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, as we focus on Jesus, we automatically begin to decrease because we know our place. Our place is behind him. My, and you, you've said it in one of your emails, my life, his plan. So it's not, it's not, I don't have to do anything. But as I look to Jesus more and more, look full in his wonderful face, then the things of this world will grow strangely dim. And I want to, I don't have to, but I want to change and, and alter my life so it lines up to my Lord and my Savior. So my perspective begins to change out of to willingness rather than duty. Does that, does that make sense? And in, in life, uh, we, have, we have pain. Emotional pain, spiritual bewilderment, I guarantee you. Uh, let, me, let me back up. People who backslid. Um, I, if I'm able to have conversation, they'll have conversation with me. I love to find out. Sometimes they're still not back with God. They're still in a backslidden state. And I would suggest to you, Joel, that 99% of those that have left the church backslid or are in the church, but they're not growing, it's because of hurt, pain, and attitude. That's life. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Just because we've got his name and his spirit doesn't exempt us from problems, pain, and pressure. And so in the midst of that emotional pain or spiritual bewilderment, we naturally direct our focus and intention on the pain, the problems, and the pressure. And when we focus on the pain, problems, and pressure, we turn, uh, that in turn causes us to spiral down the drain 
towards discouragement and depression. And discouragement and depression can't be from God, so it must be the devil. Uh, Oh, yeah, we think, oh, big, bad, and terrible. And and we forget, I just mentioned it to someone recently, you know, in, in the book of Revelation, uh, where he's thrown into the uh, pit for a thousand years. What's the name of the great angel that does that? That grabs hold of Lucifer and throws him in the pit. For a thousand years, binds him. Oh, what right. great angel! He doesn't even say his name. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a no namer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for a moment, some no. And and I and I think uh, I think the Lord would have a sense of humor, and He looks around in heaven and says, "Who's the smallest angel that I've got?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I want people to know the significance of this Lucifer, fallen angel, devil, Satan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we make him to be so, so strong. And I'm going, come on. No, yeah. And so, and so I, the, the, there's another one of the scripture, scripture verses that I love. And uh, I can't remember where exactly where it's found. I think it's in the Gospels. It says, give no room to the devil, to Satan, to Lucifer. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to give him any room, Joel. I, I don't want to give him, I don't want to waste my time, effort, and energy. I'm not interested. I, I, I feel a note here. I'm not interested in his condemnation. What a waste of time, effort, and energy for, for, for me to focus on that. But what, what does the scripture say on, uh, on, on that he is the accuser of what? He's accuser of the brethren. He beats up on the brethren. And so when I beat up on myself and condemning myself and putting myself down, I'm taking Lucifer's place. I am satanically operating. Think about it. Is that not right? That's the same spirit of, as Satan. What are you doing? Give your head a shake. Stop that. Who gives a rip on what the devil has to say or do? He's a liar and the father of all lies. In him dwelleth no truth. I'm sorry, I just right now I got this mind picture. I want to reach out and flush the toilet. Just flush him. Forget that flush, flush. Get rid of it. The only thing that I'm interested in, Joel, is what Jesus has to say. I want him to talk to me and walk with me and work with me. And he will not condemn me. He loves me more than I can understand or even comprehend. He loves me when I don't deserve it. Trust me that many times that happened. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good friend to him, but he's always been a better friend to me than I am to him. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to get down that tangent, but we waste so much time, effort, and energy with the devil, the demons, and, and uh, ah, just stop, stop. Who, who, who cares? I'm focused on Jesus. Jesus says, I do what my father does, and what, what I see him do, I do. What I hear him say, I say. And how can I focus on him if I'm consumed with devils, demons, and all this stuff? I don't know. Can't. Maybe I'm talking too much here. No, that's good. That's I know I need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So in, in the, the, the purpose and the process in life, will I survive? Is is when, not if. When things happen to you that you do not like, and you get messed up, you get tripped up. Oh, let me back up. What, what's the scripture say? Uh, refer, referring to Jesus, where, where, where did you get all these scars? Where, where did you get all these bruises? And what was the answer? Man, in the house of my friends. <laughs> hey, friends like that, who needs enemies? <laughs> But Jesus knew life's going to happen. And nobody can hurt you like a friend or a brother or a sister. And when it happens, we get tripped up. Joel, it, it messes with us because we're, we, we're not expecting that from the family of God. When I, when there's, I would when I was pastoring, I would say this. Uh, it seems to me like I would say this regularly. I would say it every every couple of months, once a quarter, anyhow. And I would say to the people, I said, "It's not if I say something that will offend you; it's when." Now, my intention, my, I would never want to hurt you or harm you in any way. I had to stand before God to give an account. I would never willingly, knowingly. But if I'm a man of God, and if I'm speaking as it were the oracle of God, I'm going to say something that you're not going to like. Isn't that what Jesus does? I mean, yeah, we, we've, got, we've got religion out there, Joel, that will pat you on the back. No matter what's happening, you're just the greatest man of God. You're just a fantastic, and you're living in sin, you know, and you're, you're almost a whoremonger, and, and, and they, they excuse everything. I'm getting when, when I was when I was uh, pastoring. Of course, you're more localized, and then when I was trap when I could travel some or go to a conference where I wasn't preaching, I would more often than not uh, go by and and usually I would know who's preaching and shake their hand, and I would always say, "I want you to preach to me." And they look. I said, "I need preaching. I need to be preached to. Preach to me. I want to go visit that altar." Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? So when in the process of life, when things are going to happen, 
because God's trying to help us go beyond ourselves so we can be in his image. Because the flesh wars against the spirit. There's always going to be a battle. And can, can I say this? That struggle is not sin. Okay, I need to say that again. Because we think struggling, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Struggle is not sin. It's the process of us working out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we beat ourselves up and, and we think we're just horrible and we'll have backslid because we're struggling with something. We're working through the process, Joel. Right. God has talked to us. We feel conviction. And we're trying to work through the process of having the spirit win, not the flesh. Right. And, and if we're struggling, now, now struggle is not sin. Now, if you're struggling with something, with the same thing for three years, well, then we have a different problem, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so spiritual maturity is that struggling times comes shorter and shorter. Mm. Where in times past, it took us three months to work through, through that process and attitude. Yeah. Pastor said something, somebody did something, someone didn't shake my hand or, or they treated me and, it, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder and, and I had, so it used to be, it would throw me for a loop. But now, now it doesn't mess me up for three months. It only takes three weeks. Or maybe just three days. Right. Hopefully we mature and, and it's just maybe an hour. It takes us an hour to work through it. And, and then as we mature, it takes us three minutes. Hmm. So my response, Joel, is, Jesus, I'm going to say Yes. Now, just give me a minute. i got to work through this process. See, we, we think that you got the Holy Ghost and everything is just zippity doo dah. Come on, Joel. We, we just think that we we're have any type of struggle is we're not spiritual. Yeah. That's fallacy. It's a condemnation. <laughs> it's, it, we are always, always going to struggle with our flesh because we're human. That is humanity. Yeah. We waste so much time in beating ourselves up and feeling bad because we're being so human. <laughs> hey, I have learned in whatever state, learn to be content. Right. I I I got some days that aren't the greatest. <laughs> I still love Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so so spiritual maturity is understanding that and having that that constitution. My heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. I'm going to say yes. Whatever you're saying, I'm going to say yes. There are times my flesh isn't going to like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm still going to say yes. But you might have to give me a minute or two. Is, is that wrong? Is that being carnal? No, it's being honest. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and so when, not if, when life circumstances, situations, and, and people do what people do, because God's going to use it all for his glory. What are we going to do with it? And so I, 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 I've written this in, in my book, and I've said this a thousand and fourteen times. And it's a, one of those truisms. What happens to a person is less significant than what happens within him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What happens to a person is less significant. It's not that it's not important. It is important. Your mm -hmm. life is important to you. It's very important to Joel. Some people yeah. may not care, or, or be but to Joel, it's very important. Yeah. But from Jesus' perspective, it's less significant than what happens within Joel. Mm -hmm. Because the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. So it's not that Jesus doesn't care what happens to the outward part of, of Joel, but he's more important and focused on what's happening on the inside. Because if the inside is right, if the inside is consecrated and dedicated and your eyes are focused steadfast on Jesus, it'll work out. Yeah. Right? Right. We'll, we'll, we'll go, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm still going to walk through. Yeah. And that messes people up. Yeah, it does. It messes people up, Joel. Because yeah. we can understand uh, 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 when bad things happen to good people, that, that shakes us up. But what really ticks us off is when good things happen to bad people. <laughs> right. right. God, why? What are you doing? I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm trying to live for you. <laughs> yeah. And God said, uh, maybe we need to work on an attitude here. <laughs> right. Or we think we are earning something. <laughs> oh, I deserve. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would kind of I guess follow up to to all that and that's that's so helpful all the, all those things. So say you're and I think this is probably the case for many people. Say you you know you go through one of those storms or you you're dealing with those voices of condemnation. And I've I've been thinking of the story recently of Ezra and Nehemiah when they're rebuilding the wall and and Sanballat and Tobiah or are there just, you know, like little yappy dogs in their ear, just telling them how, how much it's going to fail and, and how unstable that wall is. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you suggest or, or even what do you suggest when, when you're going through something like that and, and you're facing those voices, maybe the voices in your head, um, and, or even you're beating yourself up, how do you how do you over overcome that? Uh, Brother T.F. Tenney 
said this one time, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. <laughs> That's good. And the main, what's the main thing in Joel's life? That's a good question. Well, I'd hope it would be the Lord. Well, his kingdom. I, yeah. I know what the main thing for me is. Jesus is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the main thing is to keep Jesus the main thing right. in my life. So when there's Sanballat and Tobiah, because there's always going to be mosquitoes and flies. Yeah, right. You can't stop the devil doing what the devil does. Right. Huff and puff, pray until you're blue in the face, plead the blood, but he's always going to be a devil. He's not going to stop being a devil. So my perspective is, who's in charge here? Yeah. Hold it. If, if God being sovereign, almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent, one and only God, and he has given to you and I a free will, that he will not violate. There is not one example in Scripture where he violates the free will of man. Now, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. But that's what God does. He gives us a free will. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> will I survive? It's my choice. That's why I, I, I put this as a question. Because there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that Joel's going to survive unless Joel decides he's going to survive. Right. So whatever happens, whatever hell you have to go through, whatever valley of the shadow of death, whatever flies and mosquitoes and devils and demons come honking and, and, and knocking and blowing and, and, and doing whatever, my heart is fixed. Every day I have to make some decisions. But I've made those decisions for so long, I don't, I don't deal with them. I, I'm going to live for Jesus. My answer is going to be yes, Lord. Whatever you're saying, I'm saying yes. Sometimes I might need a moment or two. You see, now, now this, is, this is note to self. Please note this. You and I are not judged by a single act in our life. We're judged by our lifetime. And so we focus on today as if today is so very important. Well, it's many days that are important. David committed murder. David uh, 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 was an adulterer. The nasty, hey. Yeah. But what, what does the Bible say about David? God's own heart. Hello. Yeah. And we, we think we, we think we're gonna die in this valley, in this, in this, in this tribulation. And God's saying, grow up. Just keep on walking. You're not supposed to camp a tent in the valley. You're supposed to walk through the valley. Yeah. And get a good at besides, you have an attitude, you need to work on this attitude. <laughs> right, right. The valley 
probably should work that out. <laughs> and, and if you don't work it out, Joe, guess what? Jesus said, okay, we'll go around that mountain again because you didn't right. learn the first time. <laughs> right. Right. So my, my, my response to Jesus, Jesus, whatever you're teaching, I want to learn because I don't want to go around this mountain again. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Because what does God, God wants to perform his work? I travail until Christ before I'm dead. Now, I mentioned that if, the, if God will not override my will, what makes me think that the devil can do it? Yeah. That's what scripture talk, talks about, girding up the loins of your mind. Okay, the only power he has is his mouth, Thessalonians says. And so you and I have to train ourselves not to focus on that garbage. Yeah. What, why, why would you listen to anything he has to say? Right. It's only if you believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now, I've used this example. You, you, you know me. Mm -hmm. And I've used this example just for illustration purposes, but if the devil is going to, <laughs> if the devil is going to whisper as I'm talking with someone or, or he's going to whisper in my ear and say, Hey, do you know that you're bald? <laughs> I am, I have trained myself, Joel, instantaneously. I will rebuke that and say, I don't believe a thing you're saying. I don't believe that. Now, you know I'm bald. Yeah. Why am I going to listen to the devil? Yeah. The Bible says he's a liar and the father of all lies. Whatever he's saying, he's lying. So why would I pay attention? Even there is some truth. Remember when Jesus was tempted of the devil? Mm -hmm. He started quoting scripture. Right. right. But it was a twist. It was a perversion of scripture. The only thing I'm interested in is the word of God, the spirit of God, and the man of God. That's my trinity right there. And these three are going to agree. Right. Right? Word of God, spirit of God, man of God. Sorry, I got off subject. Did you ask me a question? I didn't ask it. <laughs> I think so. No, I I feel like that that does answer it. Like what what do you do and when there's those voices, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, there's a good, a good focus there on, on when it's the voice of, of the enemy or, or external things. And, and I think it's, it's important to, to, uh, to emphasize, you know, where our attention is, as you kind of talked about, but, um, maybe this will be the same thing, but then what do you do? Um, like I said, maybe this will be sort of the same answer. Uh, but if there's any, variants or things that come to your mind you know when it's when you know it's not the devil <laughs> you know it but it's it's just yourself because uh, that's probably that's how i believe our greatest struggle is is ourself and for some maybe more than others i know for myself i'm an individual who's as they say in in my head uh, too often <laughs> joel you are your own worst enemy yeah that's, yeah Absolutely. There are, in my opinion, illustration, mm -hmm. there are only three spirits in the world. There's God's spirit, 
we are at being human beings, we have our own spirit and there are evil spirit. God has given me free will. So it depends upon which way I lean. If I lean towards evil spirits or I lean towards God's spirit. So what do I do in that scenario? I have to realize the wilds of the enemy. One of my, well, again, one of my favorite scripture verses, we can memorize that right now, okay? John 17, 17. It says, thy word is true. Say it. Thy word is true. You just memorized John 17, 17. Okay? Yeah. And so my plumb line is John 17, 17. Thy word is true. Right. Romans says, Romans 3, uh, I think 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. So when things come up that are contrary to thy word, God's word, I have to flush it. Now, can, can I be so bold as to give you an illustration? I, again, I, I'm not in any wise suggesting that I have arrived or, or I'm perfect. <laughs> Many people would disagree with that one. Uh, but but I, I am endeavoring to work out my salvation and fear and trembling. I'm trying to make that, that, that struggle time shorter and shorter. <laughs> It's going to be yes, Lord, but but I want that struggle time to be shorter and shorter. Quicker, yes, yeah. <laughs> quicker and quicker, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still working on it, still working on it. Uh, but there's been times, Joel, in my, in my love, desire, passion, consecration, dedication, and commitment with Jesus, that while I'm dreaming, I'm... I'm asleep. I'm in a dream state. And there's a scenario gets played out where the devil's winning. And in my dream, I've stopped the dream and said, hold it. That's not true. That can't happen. That's not what the Bible says. We need to read. I'm telling you the truth, Joel. In my dream, I'm going, hold it, stop. That can't happen. You, you, you can't win. So we need to redo that scene again uh, because that is not Bible. Yeah. And we'll go through, I'll go through that scene. I, I can't think of specifically a scene where, where something happens and the devil, no, the devil's not, you're not winning because you don't win. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we can gird up the loins of our mind and we can train our mind uh, to, to, conform to truth is what we do when we preach when we teach yeah your responsibility my responsibility is to, is to speak truth pray the prayer of faith yeah but god they didn't get healed that's not my responsibility my responsibility is to have faith in god yeah okay getting sidetracked that's good. That's that's a powerful statement too. That we can that we can train our mind to to conform to truth, and and I think that it's like how how you know how are we going to do that if we're not spending time in fellowship with truth? <laughs> yeah, you know the spirit and and the word and 
maybe you know maybe that's something that you can you can speak a little bit more to um, it's it's kind of came up a few times but regarding our our attention um, because I think I think one of the big keys as well to to limiting these I guess limiting these voices and um, you know the condemnation or the shame or whatever it may be one of the big keys to that I, I mean is is what we're giving our ears to so oftentimes it's un, unvoluntary but sometimes and too often it's it's voluntary we're choosing to to listen to some of these things um and so can you yeah. can you maybe talk a little bit more about uh just us our, our focus and and what it should obviously we know what it should be on um i guess maybe speaking a little bit more to what it shouldn't be on. Well, you know, the old adage, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Right. Uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be, you know, carnal in this aspect, but it's clothes say something about you. Yeah. The way you, 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 you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Uh, and I'm not trying to just be carnal, but but there's some truism to that. I've I've mentioned this especially during this planned gamut, uh, <laughs> pandemic, uh, that that's happened. You know, you right now we do not, in my opinion, we do not have news agencies. We have propaganda outlets. Yeah, and you can choose whatever stripe of propaganda you like. And, and that will only anger you and irritate you, unsettle you, and provoke you. Yeah. Why do that? Right. There's something, but Paul says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. I like to be well-versed with, with world events. And so uh, for me personally, I spend about a, a minute or two in the morning and maybe a minute or two in the afternoon and a couple times a week i might click on something and, and read it but other than that uh just so i can be a little bit of uh, uh up to date on what's happening but other than that I, i'm not interested it's all hogwash it's it's all the stuff that the devil is doing yeah i want to be concerned who cares what he's doing he's all on god's timetable What sort of things are good? What sort of things are pure? If they bring any virtue, if they bring any praise, think on these things. That's where I want to focus. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. It's not that I don't know. No, I, I'm a part-time, I'm a barista. And so I, I meet people. I've got all sorts of, you name it, every stripe and walk of people right. come through. And uh, I, I was off for a couple of months. I had some, some medical issue and, and uh, the staff were getting irritated because everyone kept on asking, where's Bruce? Um, uh, I get along. I, I, I can yeah. talk to the transvestite and the homosexual and the pervert and the uh, religious Trinitarian. You're not going to scare me. Right. I'm not compromising one iota of my integrity, but I'm not afraid of you because greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. 
But if you don't have that mindset, you're going to be afraid of your shadow. Right. Paul, Paul says, uh, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That word uh, uh, glory deals with manifestation. God, Christ is in us. The Spirit of God is in us for the hope or the expectation of some type of manifestation. We're supposed to let Jesus on the outside. Let him let him be exposed. I, I'm getting. I'm going down a side another road there. Ask me another question. Sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> no, that's good. I love it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of another question. I. I, I feel like I just want to let you loose. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss, my prayer. I have. I have. Um, I have what's called the vision mission statement. And um, how do I say this? Um, this this is not laminated. It's not printed in in marble. It's something that has grown, altered, and changed over years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And um, this is on a slight side note. But I think that when you and I are in our right mind, and Joe, when are you in your right mind? I would say when I'm in closest fellowship with the Lord. Bingo. Bingo. When you and I are in our right mind, there are things that God talks to us about. Yeah. And we're not blowing smoke. These are truisms and and there's a flow. There's an anointing. And we know that we know that there's a quickening here. And during those times, I've written things down. And uh and and I and I put them on a paper and I would read this vision mission statement when I was in right mind. These aren't goals. I'm not talking about goals, I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus. And I would write these things down and I would read them every day. And there's sometimes, Joel, I looked at that and I wanted to toss it because I didn't feel it. I didn't hardly believe it. But I knew when I was in my right mind, I wrote these down. Mm. Because there's days, Joel, when we don't believe Backslid? No, no. You're a human. You're not backslid. You still love God, but at that moment, you're very, very human. And humanity, you cannot cast out. Yeah, for sure. So I, I would read that, and I would remind myself. I used to have it written down, put it in my wallet, fold it up, put it in my wallet. Every time I took my billfold out, now I have it. I recorded um, audio, so I, you know I listen to it, and uh, it it changes. I, I probably have fifty, at least fifty, scripture for references to me because it speaks to me. I'll say a little thing that God showed me, and uh, it reminds me of something. And uh, in, in that vision mission statement maybe about a year ago, a year or two ago, I added some things you add, you adjust. And, uh, and I added this 
I said, use me as you will. Send me where you, no, use me as you wish. Spend me as you will. Send me as you need for all that I am and ever will be is yours. It's, it's, and then one last line in my vision made statement is lead me to where I've never been beyond myself to you. Every, every day, every day, every day, first thing I do is I fall on my knees. First thing, my bed isn't very far off the ground. I fall out, roll out of bed, literally. <laughs> yeah, I got to go to the bathroom. And there's things I got to do. And, and it, no, right now, the first thing I do is I physically fall on my knees. I remind myself, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And I submit myself. Use me as you wish. Spend me as you will. Send me as you need for all that I am and ever will be. And that's the way I want to walk. I want to fellowship with him. And when, Joe, listen, listen, listen. And when I'm human, I am not going to beat myself up. Because until Jesus takes me, I will always be human. You, see, you hear what I'm saying? We, we, we mess our theology up and we mess our lives up because we think that if you're human, you're not being spiritual. That's the paradox of being yet in this flesh. You and I are restricted to this human body. And in this human body, we have a fallen nature. But you and I, when we're in our right mind, Joel, in the presence of Jesus, we submitted and gave ourselves. And the purpose and the process of life is as, as you're molding me and you're making me and you're shaping me and you see things that I don't see, but it's got to come out because I have committed myself. I gave myself to Jesus. And he sees a wrinkle. He sees a stain. He sees an attitude that I didn't think I had an attitude. But he puts his finger on it. I don't like that. But I've determined, Joel, I'm going to say yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when, not if, when life happens to me, I'm going to go through this process. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to be a stepping stone. It's not going to be a stumbling block. I'm going to pray through. I'm going to work through. I'm going to seek some godly counsel if I need be, but I'm, I'm going to get over this. Struggling, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not wasting one iota time, effort, or energy on that. Because I'm yours, Lord. I'm just dealing with my humanity every now and then comes up to my face. Because I'm still human. And that does not make me a bad, evil, wicked or evil person. But it makes me human. 
come on, we've got to embrace our, the fact that we're still human. Right. Hello? Yeah, that's right. We just got to put it in the right place. Yeah. Submit it to God. Yes. He must increase. <laughs> He must increase. So the focus is not me. The focus is not. Yeah. I gotta do. I gotta force my. Okay. I gotta push. No, 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 no. This, this is a love relationship, Joel. Yeah, absolutely. A love relationship is a want to. I like to. I, I desire to. You don't have to ask me twice. Okay, I, I'm talking way too much here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, it's that's all great stuff. I think it's probably, at least for the recording's sake, a, a good point we can uh, wind things up. Though I very much appreciate uh, your time and and spending it uh, with me and and sharing these things. Uh, there's is there anything i just want to give you kind of the last word if there's any other or thought or statement uh, in closing that you would you'd like to share um i think it, it's good for us to get to that place where we are honest we have to be transparent god knows anyhow and so we're just transparent and honest you know that Mondays are the worst day for pastors. That's when most pastors, uh, if they're going to resign, they're going to resign on Mondays. And I think it's maturity for us to understand ourselves, know our strengths and our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses that does not mean that you're a bad terrible wicked evil person that does not mean that you're a carnal person it just means that you are human and wise is a person that understands their strengths and weaknesses and so when you're faced with a situation you know this is not your strength realize there's some day like monday it shouldn't be a day that you should think about anything if you're a pastor about resigning, because there's going to be a, a down after the up from Sunday. It's the ebb and flow of life. Psychologically, it's with every uh, level of exertion, there's an equal and, and correlating level of depression. So we go to a church service, we go to a conference. This is on a side note, but we, we have this spiritual elated heaven it's wonderful. And, and then three days later, we're carnal and we're doing things you ought not to be doing. Uh, wisdom, didn't, you have to understand, with every high, there's a low. There's some days, you know, you need to avoid some people. You, you need to avoid some situations. It's not a good, you have to understand you. That's maturity. And as we are honest, transparent before Jesus, who knows all things, that relationship between him and I grow more and more bonding because we hide nothing. You know, people, he, we've talked about this. 
you know, people who are spiritually sensitive and, and uh, we call them spiritual gurus, you know, move them gifts. And, uh, you know, some people are, you can't scare me with that, Joel. You can't. Yeah, but what happens if they say something or they see something? My response is fantastic. If there's something, tell me, let me know. I want to repent of it. You can't embarrass me. The thing, what I know me better than anybody knows me. Hello. And, and, and so if, if there's something that I, I'm not aware of or I've hidden with Jesus, tell me. My first thing I'm going to say is, Jesus, I repent. You can't scare me with, with spirituality because I want to be saved. That's why I'm going to go to the preacher who's preaching and say, preach to me. I want you to preach to me. And, and, and if Jesus has his finger on my nose, I'm repenting. My answer is going to be yes. If it's something that I'm struggling with, God, give me a few minutes on this one, okay? <laughs> I'm still going to say yes, but just give me a few minutes. Okay, I, I'm repeating myself. But we, we have to understand ourselves and be honest. The As I mentioned to you, uh, and with everyone else who's interested in my book, I guarantee you will find yourself in the book somewhere, in the process. And the peace comes when you understand there's purpose. There's a bigger picture. Stop judging yourself on the here and now and realize that God looks at our life and our life choices Joel, is to never abort the process. Some days are difficult. Some days are struggle. Some days are in the valley. Sometimes we don't know. We can't feel. We are bewildered. We're confused. But the idea is don't stop. <laughs>